Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. Today, I am with Sue Gigax from Maryland by way of Connecticut, and she calls herself a corporate dropout. And I would actually say the same thing. I might use the term for myself, corporate rebel, um, but I also can use the term corporate dropout. I love it. And Sue is with Spectacle Talent Partners, and yes. she helps companies, a lot of entrepreneurs to find, hire and onboard the right kind of talent. Because a lot of times we think coming from corporations, we're looking for a certain kind of talent and, and we mess it up. <laughs> so anyway, Sue, welcome to the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Chad. So happy to be here. Great to be with you. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Um, so I think I got all that right. You founded the you business. Did. How long have you been doing Spectacle Talent Partners? just a couple of years and like a lot of people you know those these early days are still the formulation of this vision and i know from listening to some of your previous podcasts that it's not uncommon that we start a business because there's a problem we see that we have solved and we want to help other people solve it which is a big huge thing but how do we take that idea and put legs on it and bring it to the market in a way that other people find valuable. Do you remember, I don't know if you did this game when you were little, you would put your forehead down on a bat and spin around in circles and then try and run a straight line. Yeah, I don't know why we thought that was fun, yeah. but we did that. And that was the early days of my business. It felt a little bit like trying to walk a straight line, feeling very like unsteady. So as I've listened to entrepreneurs, as I've spoken with savvy, smart, intelligent experts in their field, I've realized that the biggest need that these folks have is to understand how to attract the best suited talent to join their mission. Yeah. So I've taken all of that experience and, and packaged it up that way. And so getting to the mission is part of the key so that they don't feel like they're running around the bat. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. exactly. And you've been there, exactly. done that for a couple of been years. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's rewind the tape. I love to yeah. connect our audience to you. And the best way I've found to do that is by asking the question about when you were a kid, you know, it, I, I assume you grew up in Connecticut, it sounds like. 
what was your passion? You know, what did you love to do? Because that it, we get filtered by the world over time, over the years, right? And we have parents and teachers and all of a sudden we're directed in a path. But the mm-hmm. best way to kind of connect with you is what'd you do when you were a kid? I was the girl who played outside 24, like I played outside all the time, boys, girls, kickball, it didn't matter. I love sports. I did all of those things. Um, that was my favorite thing to do. And then as I grew up, you know, I, I still always played sports. I did cheerleading. I did acrobatics for 10 plus years, all of those things. And I found that I was naturally attracted to human resources because of my parents' business. Mm. So that was a, that was an aha moment much later in my life, but my parents' business was very impactful in where I find myself today in terms of my own mission and my own vision for Spectacle Talent Partners. So there's a piece of me that's very competitive, which if you're gonna be a recruiter, it's competitive. I don't compete with other recruiters, but I am competitive. Uh, And there's a piece of it that's also very um, fulfilling for me to see CEOs and entrepreneurs succeed. Mm. It's interesting because my 19 year old son is home over the summer and so he's dragging me along to work out with him a couple times a week. And we have a facility right down the road. Um, but I think we find ourselves in the age bracket you're in, where you live, just keeping up with the Joneses, which means mm, I'm this age, this people this age don't go to the gym four days a week or even two days a week. So why bother? And people this age, you know, uh, eat certain foods and, and all of it, right? And you make this story up that you're living in that doesn't have to be the story that you're living in. And it, and it just reminds me of those things quite often. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a, it's mm-hmm. an interesting wheel that we're sometimes finding ourselves on. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's so, true. so you mentioned the connection between then and now, the competitive side um, into HR. What, did your, what kind of business were your parents in that, that caused you to go down that HR path? They owned a diner. So breakfast and lunch primarily, we opened at five in the morning, six days a week. I say we, my dad, he would be, you know, in, remember time to make the donuts. He would get up at three in the morning and go down to the restaurant and start prepping the day's pastries and donuts and all of the, you know, homemade soups and all of the things you think of when you think of a diner. And um, yeah, there was five of us children. We all worked in the restaurant child labor laws maybe don't apply to your children (laughs) so so, you know it was it was something that was the personal identity of my parents and their business identity were very much intertwined and that served me very well today as I understand the sacrifices that they made the work that they did and how they approached building a successful business and they worked really, really hard and they built a loyal community of customers and they served with integrity and they were passionate about what they delivered, right? In our case, obviously it was food, but for anybody listening, regardless of what you're offering, you want to do that the best way that you know how. Uh, And so I grew up in in a home that talked about all of these things all of the time. And I think the So I understood the value of of a human connection Mm 
I actually started as an HR generalist. I didn't like it. <laughs> I took a turn into talent acquisition, which is the opposite of what most people do. And I love, I realized that I love engaging with people and helping them do something that lights them up mm. and helping CEOs. So um, that's the thing that lights me up is working alongside a CEO who feels stuck in their business as my parents did, right? My parents took one vacation that I can ever remember. And us kids ran the restaurant. Like they, they were tied, they were, I used to were chained. They were chained to their business in so many ways. If I knew then what I know now about talent attraction, how different our lives would have been. Sure, wow. So that's, my, that's my why. That personal intertwined with business. It's taken me a long, long time to get to a point where that's acceptable to me because you've all, you know, I've always lived kind of here's my business life, here's my personal life. And then I've brought them together. And there's pros and cons to it, um, bringing those two lines together. But the pros outweigh the cons, that's for sure. Because when you can show your personality on a sleeve, then, you know, your people are going to find you. And the people who don't love you are, they're going to go away. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's, yes. It's important. I have a friend named Nick Cavuto. That's his website, in fact. And he started a company called Tenure Brands, T-E-N-U-R-E. -E, and they go out and they interview the CEO on a call once a month for 60 minutes. And then they chunk that up or a podcast like this. They chunk it up into small 30 to 90 second clips that get posted to Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of their social every single day. And so I've been doing that now for six or eight months and talk about, you know, putting yourself out there. I mean, yeah. religious, everything is now exposed. All my thoughts. Yes. <laughs> I just share them with the world and then the video team goes out. I don't do any edits. I just say, yeah, unfiltered, go to market. And, and that's mm -hmm. been amazing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it sounds like those are the kinds of, I'd love that you learned that in a diner. Like that is, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's like Norm on Cheers where it's like, yeah, you know, hey, Norm. <laughs> My yeah. dad knew people's names. They knew his names. I'll tell you a quick story. I was 16, just got my driver's license in my parents' car, pulled over, middle of town, next post office on one side of the street, YMCA on the other side of the street, right? There I am, lights flashing, want to just, you know, sink into the seat. I hand the gentleman my driver's license, hand him the registration. He looks at the car registration. He goes, you're Bob's daughter? I said, yes, sir. He said, hands it back to me. He goes, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> relationship. Oh, man, we need to get back yep. to relationship in today's yep. world. No doubt. But prior to that, it's important to note my dad, every day, my mom and whoever was working, we would go around town, whatever was left over, whatever patients were left over, we gave it to the first responders. We gave it to uh, um, different places within our town, just as a way to bless them, just as a way to say thank you so much for who you are and what you do. Just appreciate you because we weren't going to sell them the next day. We weren't going to throw them away. And, you know, so it was through that gesture, I believe, over time, because it had the name on my parents' diner on it. And that's how, you know, so in that moment, so when I needed, I didn't even know, but, you know, it, it saved me a ticket for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
Wow, generosity. Yeah, it shows That's you. That's all right. Reciprocity, yeah. generosity. Yeah. yeah. Reciprocity, no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we got to age 16 now, it sounds like, and you're <laughs> smiling. So that means things must have been okay to 16. I like to share with our audience the moment or may, and everybody has speed bumps along the way, right? And there's maybe something and that you're comfortable sharing, obviously. You don't have to share everything, but you know, is there something that kind of gut punched you along the way that looking back now, you're like, that sucked at the time, but now it's actually, it was an important piece of my story. Is there mm. one of those that you're comfortable sharing? Golly, there's so many. <laughs> and that's actually for our listeners, right? There's so many. <laughs> like there's not just one in most people's lives. No, there isn't. There isn't. Um, I would say professionally that um I took a big leap because while I, I worked full I worked full time, I was one of the few people, I was always an oddball. And I always felt like a bit of an oddball in church because I was one of the few moms who worked full time. And there wasn't really a place for that. It was just an interesting dynamic. That said, and I always found myself in positions of being promoted, 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 which was fantastic. I worked very close to home as our children were growing. And I was very, very grateful for that. I never worked more than 15, 20 minutes from home. As our children got a bit older, I had this opportunity to work at this very high growth, multi-billion multi dollar international company. And I, I didn't take the job at first. And then they came back to me and said, hey, we really love you. We're going to do all these things. I was working at the time at a high growth entrepreneurial company, an informatics company, very cool place, still very cool. Long story short, I ended up taking the job. We tweaked the job, made it bigger, whatever. And it was a very difficult situation with my direct supervisor mm. without, yeah, very difficult situation just based on their uh, management style. Mm -hmm. And so that was a bit of a gut punch because I felt like I was taking a leap in a very positive direction, financially, span of control, all of those things you think about in your corporate career. Um, and I realized very quickly that this wasn't what I going to be what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And so, and so dealing with that and how was I going to be a leader for the teams that I was guiding and building um, in a way that was authentic to me. And that was, that was really hard. That was really hard. And, how, and, and sometimes when you're in it, I, I just talked to someone recently, actually yesterday, he called and he's leaving his company as SVP of sales he's killed it. Like he grew the company. He made it from series A to B. They're getting the next round. They got 70 million and they go, Hey, and you know, the average tenure of a VP of sales is 18 months and he's at 20. And I, and, and I'm like, dude, you've done it. Like you, you made it through the 20 months. You got all these options and, but he's living in the moment. And he's like, it feels like a, a reflection of himself. And it, and it took, a, I'm like, hey, man, no, I work with so many VPs. I've been that VP. And they're looking for the person who can take it from 20 million to 100 million. That, you might have been that guy, but don't worry about it. There's 10 other companies waiting for you. Um, what, I see you nodding your head. So you're, <laughs> obviously, that's sort of probably what happened in this position, right? You end up going, okay, over time. It, it just, maybe it wasn't the right role or how did you get through that? 
I'm a bulldog in a bad way sometimes. I bulldog my way through it. If if I feel like I can't do it, I just try harder. I work harder, longer, you know, some of those things. Those those are healthy things in a lot of ways, but any strength overused is a weakness. And so I try to bulldog my way through it. And there's so many stories I could tell you. But the one thing that I've now learned sort of in the rearview mirror, right? Because I believe, and I learned this from a gentleman that I admire greatly. His name is Myron Gold, and he teaches all sorts of things about business. And one of the things that he talks about is what happens to us happens for us. And so if we can frame those things in such a way that we're not defining them as negative or positive in the moment, because if we define it as a negative or a positive, we will make decisions and, and take action based on that criteria in our head. But if we can decide that even though it feels bad, that there is, there is something in it for us, then we can you know, begin to sort of overcome some of these challenges, whether we find ourselves an entrepreneur, right? Having a big role in a big company or, or kicking it all to the curb and deciding to do our own thing. And um, that idea of what happens to us happens for us is coupled with, and this was a very, this was another one that I'm still learning but divorcing myself from the outcomes. Mm. Because we ingrain that in each other. I, my recruiters, myself, like how fast could I hire somebody and how quickly and how desperately we needed somebody. I totally, totally, we talked about identity and our business, but there's a positive and a negative way to do that. The negative way is to tie our identity to the outcomes. Because then we go, the ups and downs of business, which is inevitable, becomes our identity and behaviors become very toxic. But once we are able to divorce ourselves from those outcomes as a definition of if this is a positive or this is a negative, we're free then to approach each and every day with, with a different perspective, looking at the things that are in front of us. And that's the journey of entrepreneurship that at its best, in my opinion. That's great. Um, it reminds me of a book. There's a series, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. And I just played with my dad recently. And just like life is not a game of perfect. And then putting out of your mind was another one in the series. And in the putting, there was one famous golfer. I can't remember who it was, but they would ask him, hey, um, when was the last time you missed a four-foot putt? He's like, never. I've never missed a four-foot putt. And they're like, yeah, we saw the footage from last Saturday. You missed it. He's like, hmm, no, I don't recall. And so he, he parked those outcomes that were below the line in a bucket of, no, I just choose not to remember that. And um, now, it, obviously, it can get you in trouble if you always, you know, you just burn all your cash and you go out of business every time. But it works. In this case, it's just a four-foot putt he's talking about. So he's decided mm -hmm. that, no, I don't. I don't count that as a miss you know, for whatever reason. Right, right. Well, earning and learning are two different things, right? Yeah. We do things in business and, and we want to earn, but sometimes we do things in business and we learn. That's still earning. Yes, right. You're earning while you're learning. That's 100%. I love that. Um, so thinking about the last couple of years, you know, now that you're, I, I like to look at corporate America as driving a cruise ship and 
entrepreneur America is driving a speedboat. So you can pivot as quick as you can sneeze in this world, right? <laughs> yes. Um, how is that, you know, based on what you're doing now, what, what kind of gets you excited uh, about the work you're doing today? The simplest way to put that is I, if, the, if, if there was something that I could do a million times and I would still want to do it a million times more, it's interviews. And I know that's crazy. And I know most people are like, interviews, ugh. Nobody likes interviewing, <laughs> really. Like as a candidate, right? Nobody's like, oh, I get to do an interview today. Nobody says that ever. But the thing that I love to do is that I see each interview that I do on behalf of one of my clients as an opportunity in and of itself mm. to get to know somebody. It's, it's, it's a means to an end, yes, because there's only three possible outcomes to any interview, but it's more so the thing that drives me to be able to make those personal connections um, so that people can understand how to bring them whole, their whole selves to work. Mm. Um, so that's the thing that I love to do. And, and that's what drives a lot of what the work that I do with CEOs, I help them get clarity around what I call the essence of business. And we could maybe talk about that at some point, but, and then understand who it is that they need to hire. Because the popular thing I hear now for entrepreneurs is, well, just hire the people that, for the thing that you're not good at or the thing that you don't want to do. Well, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't make it a knee jerk reaction. Please don't just hire somebody because you think that's the thing, quote, you're supposed to do, but come up with a plan based on your unique vision, your unique mission, your unique strategy and offerings. And then let's understand what that person looks like from a values point of view, from a skills point of view, and from an offering point of view. Mm. And then it's a much different conversation and they're much more in control as opposed to feel like they're a passive candidate in their own process or a passive maybe passenger is a better word. They feel like they're a passenger in their own process. They're like actually driving the car at that point. I love that. Um, Lynn Butler is the best recruiting partner I've ever worked with. She brought me on to On24 and I was happy in my job that I was in. And she, she really knew the alignment between what the executives needed. They just opened an office in Charlotte, but I was living in San Francisco. And so for the last three or four years, and they said, hey, we really need to transplant someone there who brings the office energy and the know-how of San Francisco to Charlotte to up-level our game and start it out on the right foot. And, and it worked amazingly well. And she didn't just recruit me, but she was also with the company and she partnered with me on, okay, now we're going to go across the street to UNC Charlotte. We're going to help get recruits to come in from there. We need to help them with what the vision looks like and go to the school. And she just knew how to lay the groundwork better than anybody I've ever met. Um, Love so that. I, can, I know what you're talking about, right? And it's rare. It's one in a hundred <laughs> to find someone like you. Probably, so. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, the, other, the other interesting story recently, this connected for me as an entrepreneur, I'm doing the nonprofit side, which is called Living a Better Story. And that's taking about half my time now. Um, we just met with the founder of foodfororphans.org and he's been doing it for since 2007. 
he's fed 9 million meals to tens of thousands of people, right? And he does for $11 a month, you can sponsor a child in Africa, you know, and usually they come in and it's like $50 a month. And he's so efficient that for 35 cents a day, you can take away their hunger problems. And it's just magic. So the person, Robert White, is part of our group and Rich Blakeman. Robert, it turns out, has done trips to Sri Lanka a lot of ribbon cutting ceremonies and they open these things for $7,000. They've got a new school, a uh, kindergarten. <clears throat> so I hooked those two up for lunch yesterday and they were just going, are you kidding? And the other guy's about to retire. Gary is retiring from it, handing it over to the son-in-law. And, and it, but it was so fulfilling to know I'm not, I believe me, I want to do it all. I'm like, this is fun. We can do this, this, this. And I have all these creative ideas, but I put them in the bullet and I said, hey, Robert, you know exactly what you're doing because you've been around the world. Let's, let's relight that fire and now point it at food for orphans. And now him and Rich are going to run it and I'm going to sit in the backseat. And that's good. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that's the power of the human connection, right? We are, we are created to be creative. That is the very first thing after God created time, space, and matter, he created people to be creative. Mm -hmm. One of the best ways we emulate our creator is creating stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and it's, it, I, and I do love living in that lane. Um, yeah. If you do a, P, what is it? PI personality index. And there's, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've run across all predictive of index. Yeah. All those. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they call me a captain which means there's a hook on my profile, which says I'm a risk taker, but there's a point, you know, where it's like, well, okay, you know, I can't go all the way. Um, the Mavericks, I think, don't have the hook at the end of their profile. And those are Virgin Atlantic CEOs. And they're just like, what do you mean? They're, I don't need an insurance policy. I can create and create and create. The world's going to take care of everything. And probably right. God's going to help take care of everything too. So. Right, right. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting how we all have a unique individual fingerprint and we have to live into that fingerprint, right? What we're comfortable That's right. Isn't that interesting that our fingerprints are in our hands and our hands are what we use to create and those that's what's really unique. Yeah, that is amazing. I've got a fingerprint on my wall and it's Bible verses and it's really fine print throughout. I saw it at a place in Winter Park and it's so cool because it just reminds you like, it is individual and unique. Mm -hmm. Once you figure out what that lane is, yes, it's it can be really magical. Yes, and that fulfillment and success, right? Fulfillment is different than success. Yes, yes. And understanding how those two live in harmony is also part of the journey of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I was walking with my son this week. And we saw some really enormous houses and ours is just fine. And he goes, dad, I don't think I'd need something like that. What would you and mom even do in a house like that? And I was like, yes, <laughs> he synthesized the pruning of life. Doesn't matter how big your house is. Right, yeah. right. You know, and yeah. I was like, well, you know, Brendan, we lived in a 6,200 square foot house in Charlotte. And he's like, yeah, well, those." you probably paid a lot in air conditioning too. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. So the next question is, what would you yeah. like to, and you can fill in the words here. 
What would you sure. like to accomplish that would change everything for you? Accomplish can be a loaded word sometimes. So, you know, when we're talking about what we just talked about, success, right. fulfillment. But so what yeah. would change everything for you and be just like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, use your word. My lane is serving CEOs. That's my lane. Those entrepreneurs who traded in, in many cases, they are experts in their field. They have advanced degrees. They're successful. They have multi-six-figure incomes. And now they want to do this other thing. But what they've done, unfortunately, is they've traded in that full-time job for about a half dozen part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And they have yet to figure out how to sit in their seat as a CEO of their business. And so helping them get clarity around what that means is a piece of it. But the bigger piece of that is finding the right people to join them on that journey and join them on that mission. So as many of those people that I can serve in the next three years, I think three years is what you said, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. that would be amazing. And helping them understand the beauty of business, because I think business is being attacked in some ways. And I think too many of us have a conflict when it comes to being successful in business. And we think somehow it's bad or wrong. Um, I'll go so far as to say. I think businesses give, I don't think there's a give back because you didn't take anything away. If you earned with integrity, honesty, served well, gave more than you asked for, right? The value exceeded the cost. You didn't give, you didn't take anything, you gave. Yeah. And if you want to give more, awesome, fantastic. Yeah. Keep doing it. Well, it's funny because when we first started the business, our, our only product was a 30 to $40,000 three month product. product. And it served us well and it served our clients well. And I felt the value was at a certain level where it was about a 60% of the time there was value above that and 40% it was below that. But we didn't know until we did it. And, and so it sucked on the 30 or 40% where you're like, ah, just, I wished it would have worked better. So over the years, you start to say, well, what other product could I develop that's a $500 a month product or a thousand instead of a 10,000? And we've got this product now that's 500 bucks and it gets 70% of the value that we used to deliver for $10,000 a month. And that's fulfilling. When you know that you can make money at a $500 skew and pack in so much value that you know you could actually be charging two to $3,000 a month for that skew, but you're still profitable. And then it grows and the stickiness factors there. It's just tuning those knobs to a point um, and, you know, we had a little bit of a tough Q1, um, but that's okay. You just tune the knobs and and you're off to the races. But um, yeah, right. it, it's a lot of fun being a Yeah, singer. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's flip this one. So you may have yeah. already read the question. So I like to throw you a curveball. <laughs> In case ready. you have a ready, 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 yeah then yeah. let's give you a diner question. <laughs> you don't know what's coming at you. Um, All good. So this one is you go forward and th I did this in an hour exercise one time. So we're gonna do it in a few minutes. Okay. But imagine you go outside and there's this <clears throat> large bird sitting in your front lawn and it's so large that you can actually get on it and ride the bird. And it takes you 20 years into the future. Right? You're up in the clouds, but you're safe. You're just looking around going, holy cow, the time's flying. And then you come down and it takes you somewhere. It might take you to the same house you're at now. It might take you to somewhere totally else in the world 
or another you it doesn't matter where it takes you right in today's world 20 years from now you could be on virgin atlantic and mars or whatever his thing's called right so you go out and you get on this thing and then you go meet your future self and you knock on the door click 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 the door opens there you are you shake your hand you're like hey it's really good to see you sue how you been and you take inventory of what you what's what you see there how you sound then you go in you sit down you look around you know you're sitting on the couch or a table or whatever and then you know you kind of chit chat for 10 minutes and then you're finally wrap it up and you're leaving and you go hey you know and you say hey before you go back to where you are now let me give you one piece of advice and so you think okay what what is that well, then you come back, you get back on the bird, you fly back to now. It's such a fun exercise because you can really play it over and over because you can now think, okay, if I'm looking back, what would I tell myself right now? And, and you can, in 20 years, you can basically do whatever it is you want. So is there one, what, did you notice anything in the room or where was the house? And what did you tell yourself that you would tell yourself now? Oh, gosh. Um, well, which house did I visit? <laughs> that would be the first thing. Because, <laughs> you know, um, there's going to probably be more than one. Um, so, so I would say when I looked around, it was, it was, it was not as much the stuff, right? As much as it was the sensation or the feeling. Mm -hmm. So by then, my children are married and have kids and you know, my husband and I are, you know, we just rescued another puppy. So, you know, not sure if they, he would be there or not be there. Like those are the things, the sensations and the feelings of that room. And knowing that I've been successful in, in the mission that is, you know, in my heart to be able to deliver to people well with integrity and build with honesty. Um, my book would have been published and having been able to help people in a bigger, broader way um, to live in a way that's both successful and fulfilling. Um, and the thing that I would tell myself is do it before you feel ready. Mm, yeah, right. Take the leap of faith. Man, Gary, when we sat down with them, we went to a diner funny enough <laughs> of course we did of course we did yesterday <laughs> in colorado springs and it was right next to the freeway and it it's old school and it's it was awesome and so we're sitting down and and when we drove back up it's an hour and a half drive we drove off roads right we didn't go on the freeway so we got to see all the countryside in colorado and um and i thought when we when i talked to the two guys in the car i said you know i'll have been i'll be fulfilled when I'm sitting in a chair like him, if I would have done that 10 years ago exercise, I'd be like, well, it probably needs to be in a really nice place. And, it need, and I'm like, no, that guy's, he's the cash. He flows cash in and flows it out to the place where it needs to go, right? It's all on loan to us from God anyway. Mm -hmm. So why are we being so hoarding of it? Mm -hmm. And he's a guy who lives the example to, to get 9 million people fed. The ripple in the water that he created and is still creating and passing on to now generations, it's, it's enormous. And you're just like, okay, if I'm sitting in a similar chair to him and he has some stuff going on, uh, he, you know, he faced some health things and he still does. And yet he's still just 
committed to the cause you know and you could see a picture of this guy and you'd be like mm -hmm. oh yeah that guy's committed to the cause <laughs> yeah yeah it's really fun yeah so last question is we've, sure. we've touched on it a little bit and i mm -hmm. like to ask this one because you never know what impact it has and that is what role does faith play in your journey um, some of us, when we're kids, we go to church and then we go off the path. I heard you talk a little bit about church. Um, what was your story related to faith and, and what does it mean in your life? Oh boy, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think, golly, what is my story related to faith? My, my, I cannot, let me see if I can say this as succinctly in a way that makes sense. My faith journey and my business journey are intertwined because my personal and my business is intertwined. It doesn't mean there aren't healthy boundaries. That doesn't mean that you're out there with everything all the time. I get to decide sort of what those parameters look like. God give us, you know, a good brain. Um, but I would say that my, my faith journey is taking taking more of a front seat as I've dedicated myself to really zeroing in on what are those things I should be doing now, right? After spending, spending my time for money, right? Time for money is sort of the, the model. Instead, I, I wanna be able to, to make sure that it, as I spend time, because we can only spend time once, money we can spend multiple times. Um, that I'm that I'm using the time that I have in a way that does the most good, um, and thereby creates an opportunity once I've delivered value to to have a profitable business. But you can't. But you can't. In my opinion, your identity which for me is very much my, my identity as a daughter, sister, wife, mother, recruiting leader, you know, all of those things, right? The things that we are now entrepreneur, there's a grit and a grace that happens in those moments when you start to think about those different identities. So faith is a huge, I'm not sure that that's a good answer, but faith is a huge part of, of the work that I do um, and the way that I view my business so that I'm operating it in a way that is both su successful and fulfilling the assignment that has been given to me because of my unique gifts and my unique natural abilities and the things that I've worked really hard at learning and becoming really good at, mm -hmm. um, putting all that together in a way that serves the people that I'm on this planet to serve. Yeah, it almost, if I were to summarize or add to the statement that you just made it's it's having faith that i'm living to the highest possible level of me right because if you look at a graph and a curve and you say here's what sue could be doing this is the talents that that god gave sue and here and how how aligned are you right with with what the talents that you have are and it's and and the, to me the only way to get there is to is to continually ask and so that's why we're launching 77 pray this app 
that causes you, because we forget, right? When you're a kid, it's like your parents come in and say, okay, let's pray now, Sue. You're like, okay. But then you forget as a parent. And so now I've, I'm on probably day 60. I haven't tracked the total days, but I'm close. I want to get to 77 days. And, and, and I do a prayer in the morning and at night. And then I read one Bible verse because it randomly picks a Bible verse and throws it in the app. And then you just check the box. You go, yep, I did this, I did this, I did this. There's four pieces. Pray in the morning, read a verse, act, which is click on a button and text someone to invite them to participate in this journey. But when you're doing that, I feel like that curve that's the possible becomes the probable because now I'm like, well, I don't know, God, am I on the right path now? Did, you know, I'm burning a little more cash than I usually do. Is this okay? <laughs> you know, And it's like, trust me, say the course or nope, you get a jerk back every once in a while. That's right. But that's having right. that level of connectivity and tuning into the radio station, it, I think a lot of people don't actually believe the radio station exists. And what I talked about on the show, it's amazing that time and time again, people are like, no, no, no. Like the guy yesterday, he goes, Gary said, you know, I go, what's the why behind these 9 million meals? And he was divorced and the wife took the five kids and that was a part of it. Mm. And he goes, one day God talked to me. He goes, I'm not a guy that God talks to. Trust me. He's like, I don't get that. I've never understood it. And then one day he just told me, you need to do this. And he was like, what? And he goes, I very clearly heard it. And he was like, and then I moved forward from that. And so that gave him the kick in the pants that he needed. So my whole thing is, if that's true, and if it just randomly could tap you on the shoulder, then why would you not actually go lean into it and, and ask, right? Mm -hmm. What can it hurt? Mm -hmm. So it's very- it's Yes, I agree. And it's in those stillness, right? Sometimes we have to sort of peel back those layers. You mentioned that earlier. But getting still, so someone like myself, I'm not good at being still. I'm not, I'll be the first, I, I, I'm going a lot. I go a lot and I like it. That's my na more natural, comfortable state. So when it says be still and know, the first part is I have to choose to be still and then I can know. So the stillness is where a lot of things happen. And, and that's been part of my journey with this entrepreneurship as well is learning that being still is okay. Yeah. We're working with a company right now called Joyly, J-O-Y-E-L-Y. And they have the, the chair of joy and they bring it around and then they, they kind of walk you through a five minute exercise. And it says, okay, think of a time when you were very joyful. And so it's like, when you have your kids, when you're married day, like there's those moments in life where you're like, that's easy. And then it gives you this, you know, endorphins or whatever it does in your brain, the chemicals. So she, her whole vision is if you just do that three times a day for a minute, you just sit there, be still, think of a joyous moment. She calls it joy stacking. So if you actually do three in the one minute, boom, you get an, it's like having three cups of coffee. <laughs> Uh, and so I've practiced that a little. I'm almost thinking of putting it in the app. Like, okay, now let's have a joy moment. But there's so many different amazing ideas, creative things that people have done. What I want to start doing is putting in, okay, for this month, we're going to try this exercise. And then we, you know, and mix it up for people. So it's not just the same four things that they do every day. Right, right, right. And I think that's powerful because it meets people where they are at that point in time. Yes. Well, this has been a really amazing conversation. I feel like I need to hook you up with Lynn Butler because she always works with executives from software and entrepreneurial companies. And 
you and her would be two peas in a pod. So <laughs> I will definitely do that after the call. Great, great. Um, Always great to make a good connection. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, CEO, you're listening to this show and, and you just have had a challenge finding the right people, then I highly encourage you to schedule a call with Sue because I think, you know, you'll get something out of that call. She obviously knows what she's doing. Um, so if people want to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, Spectacle Talent Partners um, is my website. My number is right there, front and center. Just give me a call. I don't try and hide. Um, I know folks are busy and I make it easy for folks to find me. I'm also on LinkedIn, Susan Gigax, my last name. G-Y-G-A-X, probably one of the few geek X's on there. <laughs> my brother, my husband and my brother-in-laws are on there. I know that for sure. Um, so yeah, that's the best place to, to come and find me and would love to have an opportunity to talk to CEOs who, who know that they need to find the best suited people to join them on their mission. Mm, love it. Well, I'm a fan for life. So Sue, thanks for joining the Living a Better Story podcast today. Uh, Susan at Spectacle talentpartners.com. And uh, I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Susan. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on Take the care. next Living Better Story podcast. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, Remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. Christ.